Esther, can we please have a moment of silence? Because football season is officially back. I'm going to have you finish, but Edwin Diaz has the best walkout song from the bullpen of all time right now. He really does. Like, he really, really does. That shit is electric. I cannot believe the Yankees never got Metallica to do Sandman. They Oh, you mean in? In uh, Yankee in house? Yeah. I have to look into that. I know for a fact they're diehard Giants fans. And in lore, Giants fans beef with Yankees fans. Like, in lore. So, um, to, to tell you the honest truth, that Metallica is staying true to their guns and staying strict to the bay, that's fanship. It's the, it's the same concept where I poked fun about Ben Affleck leaving the set of Gone Girl because they tried to get him to wear a Yankees hat. And like they stopped production until he broke and said, like, yeah, I'll wear a Mets hat, which is the funniest part. So funny. Yeah, that's that's the cool part that I'm hyped about uh, Edwin Diaz is that I know that it's been a long time coming for him to actually have a great season like this. As a matter of fact, Jeff Passan has rumors that he will be one of the first closing pitchers to possibly be paid over a hundred million dollars in an yeah. extension, which is absolutely mind blowing to me. is is absolutely insane. But what's cool that I'm more than hyped about is the fact that Timmy Trumpet is a baseball fan and a diehard Mets fan. And the fact that he comes to a Mets home game to play Edwin Diaz's song Narcos live during a, um, I think it was against the Braves. I'm not 100% sure. I'm not 100% positive, but it, it's just, it's absolutely hype seeing EDM artists take baseball by storm. It is just absolutely like, it, it is, it's very, very cool. I love seeing musicians and other entertainers flex their fanship sometimes because it could be just as entertaining. It, it really can be. Listen, it makes you like to entertain that much more, especially if they have a, a similar uh, a, a fanship in arms with you. You know what I mean? Like, that is a very cool thing. I don't know. Listen, the Edwin Diaz shit was just cool. And listen, he has been one of the best, if not the best closer in baseball this entire season. First Mets game you take me to was uh, a rematch between the Mets and the Royals when um, they scored off each other in the 2015 world series. Correct. And I remember us getting, I remember we got to the ballpark late because of uh, my flight and we got there at a reasonable time to catch the rest of the ball game. And I, I'm going to say his first name wrong, but Gioris Familia was the closer then. And they had just as big as a like, you know, hype, get ready to, you know, shut down the game moment in that stadium. And that stadium is electrifying when it comes to, you know, those players. I have been on record saying it several times. I like City Field more than I like Yankee Stadium in the Bronx. I just do. 
it's a, I think, I think it's a, it's a better ballpark. I think if you are a traditionalist and you just want to watch a baseball game, Yankee stadium is great. There's not a bad seat in the house, you know, but city field, the ballpark, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So no, absolutely. I love it. And yeah, Jerus Familia used to be used to be lights out. I think I believe he had he had a lot of injury problems. Yeah, he's he's been in and out. I'm not even sure if he's in the show anymore. I don't know either. But uh you know you know why I'll never forget that night because we got there in the top of the second inning. And in oh, the yeah, bottom that's right. in the bottom of the first Bartolo Colon hit his like I think what was it? Like his first career home run. His something like first that. and only. First and only career home run. And literally as we're walking in the ballpark, we hear the crowd go nuts. And I remember you, me, you, and my buddy Mags were there. And I look at Mags, I'm like, oh, no, we just missed something so good. And we get up there, and Bartolo Colon's running his <laughs> behind around the bases. Shout out so around the bases. Oh, we even man. had a mention in uh, the office this week about uh, Bartolo Colon and where is he now. He's actually part of a Legends League. Uh, he stopped playing the Mexican League and is uh, – playing in the Legends League where retired Legends were just can't quit, but they do it for like fundraisers and stuff. I love so it. So Bartolo is too legit to quit, and I hope that never changes. I hope Big Sexy lives forever. Never change. Never never change. We, we need to get, like, you know, definitely that bigger Spanish EDM flex. Like, I understand Bad Bunny is the hottest thing on the planet right now as far as reggaeton. Very true. Uh, he was at the celebrity softball game for the all-star game this year. And like, I've never seen a crowd with a larger standing ovation for um, a celebrity player. Mind you <laughs> like that, that was just wild in LA of all places, which was just absolutely nuts. I think he, they, they had, I, I can't remember. I don't know if he had a concert in New York recently, or if it was just like a, I be, was the VMAs in New York this year? I think it was, right? I think they always are. I think they always are. I think you're right. So I think it was maybe like a VMA pre thing, dude. Packed the house, completely packed Yankee Stadium. Like it was absurd, bro. He throws down. He puts on a good show. I've seen clips. It's just he makes a very entertaining show. I want him to. Uh, transition that to whatever baseball team. I don't care if it's the Yankees because of the huge uh, Puerto Rican flex. That's that's normally what you see. I mean, Queens has definitely got something to say for that, for sure. For sure. I love how even the Colorado Rockies uh, put a whole night for Said the Sky, another EDM artist who's just taken the genre by storm. It's it's just very cool. Like I, We mentioned this earlier when baseball season started on how the fashion in EDM is enhancing baseball a lot further. It's just only a matter of time where just our age group takes over the sport entirely and you just see the full EDM representation. Do you know what's funny is, is I've noticed that significantly. I think the more and more that like, I, I, I it sounds stupid, like the older I've gotten, which makes sense because now we are in the demographic of that, 30 to 45 year old base demographic of people that is when I look at commercials now, I'm like, there's someone from our generation that are making these commercials now. You could tell. That's right. You know what I'm That's saying? That's right. Yeah. So Absolutely. It's, it's a weird thing to see, but it's the truth. And listen, I'd love to see it. 
you know, I think if I, I always go back to golf, like if we you put a little <laughs> fun in an old timey traditional sport, right? There's nothing wrong with it. Like it doesn't hurt the integrity of the game. And I, I don't think personally. No. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing how the PGA still enables John Daly's behavior somewhat. And that's yeah. because, you know, you have the TFM frat boys following hard on whomever in the league. And that's because, you know, daddy hasn't really paid the bills to fly them over to Europe and watch, you know, the Taco Bell lip moss. I mean, (laughs) my thing is, is like, can you imagine if John Daly actually like took golf seriously? You missed this. You missed this when young Jaime was here a few weeks ago. (laughs) He, he could have been the rival of Tiger, like for his entire career. Okay. He, he could have seized that opportunity, but he didn't. And you know what? I don't even want to say that because I think he did take it. Listen, you that is the part about someone like that I respect. It's like, yeah. listen, they're going to do what they're going to do. That, that, that's him doing it seriously. You know, same Dennis Rodman going out to 2 o'clock in the morning and then playing the next day and having 10 points and 15 rebounds. Unreal. Two steals and three blocks. You know what I mean? Unreal. It's fucking Michael Jordan. It's got to go get your boy. Saturdays are for the boys. Saturdays are for the goddamn boys. My favorite, you know, Kobe's birthday passed a little while ago. And my favorite interview with him is him talking about his teammates being like, oh, come on, Kobe. Like, we're in Miami. Like, oh, we're in New York. We're in Chicago. Like, we got to go out. We got to go out. It's like, all right, I'll go out with you. We got two o'clock in the morning. I'll drink with you too. Let's go. So by 5 a.m., I'm at your door. Time to go. Time to work out. That's right. Saturdays are for the boys. What work's got to get done. What work has to get done. That's, that's why, why we're here. That's why we're doing we're our thing, right just now, like baby. always. Saturdays are for the boys. Don't forget. Saturdays for the boys. Saturday, September 3rd, first podcast of the month uh, in the year 2022. I may or may uh, have Bailey's my coffee. Yeah, that's that's for damn sure. I, I, will I, neither I conf- don't even know how I'm still standing. I will <laughs> neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> hey, Alexa, turn into the Espro TV podcast. Here's my southern train. I speak it every day. I'm trying to get it popping each and every way. This one nation under goons. My goons are stripping all these cats down to their under rooms. Rooms, 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 We, we had to record on Saturday to definitely, like, you know, relive some nostalgia between me and TV on, you know, how we first met necessarily because uh, Saturday mornings we'd get up and flip on, you know, college football Saturday on ESPN, like before, you know, we got ready for, you know, our debauchery that we were going to participate in for the day. Our tailgate. Our game, whatever. Mm-hmm. Listen, and to be honest, like the idea of this podcast, ladies and gentlemen, to really like get you in on some stuff is football season means a lot to me and my brother over here. Because on Saturday and Sunday mornings, 
whether me and Estebro were in the same place or not, we would have a conversation about what's going to happen, what's going to what's going on, what are the storylines, what are the spreads we like, all of the above. Even make picks. Always. That, that was always a great contest too. The, the conceiving idea of this show always came from the branched concept of always talking sports. And we get it. There's, you know, a oversaturation of sports podcasts in the media all over the place. Like, there's no way around it. That's why we, like, touch a little bit on the subject week by week. We don't try to maximize your entire listening hour full of it. We put this in segments. That's why we cover a lot of different things all across the board. We will definitely circle back to this uh, a little bit later. Uh, First, I want to break... uh, I, I guess I need to, once again, take this out of the box and put some more... MCU quote unquote diehards in check with the current show, She Hulk Attorney at Law. Now, mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. I know what you're thinking. I really know what you're thinking. You're probably figuring out how to turn off this show because you don't want to hear me belittle you on why you're not watching this show or why you've belittled this show where you have no concept. Or. You're going to just say that I'm wrong entirely because you've given the show a chance and you still think it MCU is mid with what's going on right now. Doesn't matter. This is basically, you know, my point of view from this podcast just as anywhere that you would check onto YouTube or, you know, to the regular comic book guy you see every Saturday. For the remainder of this segment, though, spoilers are going to be revealed with the show with what is released so far now when this was being teased about a year ago that she hulk was going to be released a lot of people first couldn't fathom or recognize the idea that she hulk existed as a comic book character well before this was even conceived as an idea She's been around for quite a while. Jennifer Walters has been in the comics for quite a long time. It's it's not tapping into the multiverse theory because it's now a different character that is most likely carrying on the torch post-Mark Ruffalo. And there's a lot of other things to unlock a Pandora's box behind the politics, behind the studios... All that jazz. It's just She-Hulk is going to be the future of a Hulk variant moving forward. And a lot of people need to come to terms with that because Jennifer Walters is a pretty legit character in the comic book world. TV. You remember the first Lost episode we ever claimed to have when we did live shows when you came down to Tampa last year, right? I do. I don't recall if Fuck we... Fuck you, young were... Jaime. <laughs> Just kidding. Love you, bud. I can't recall if we had She-Hulk on the list nope. or not. Okay. Nope. 100% but did not. I... As far as... You know, go ahead. No, when this show came out, I legitimately thought about that. Like, when, when it was announced that it was officially coming out, I don't completely don't know how we just overted 
and didn't include She-Hulk on that list. It's kind of crazy, actually. After this whole series and these arcs are finished moving forward, I'm pretty sure she's going to you know, move up a few spaces. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, we're not talking the same direct impact Harley Quinn had thanks to Margot Robbie or anything that Tara Strong has done. But it's just, this is basically the first impressions on what some people are experiencing for the first time when it comes to She-Hulk. And that's what brings my direction to separating the pros and cons of this show. TV, I believe one of these old sayings to hold true as much as possible because there's no such thing as bad press. People could run a person, a subject, or a thing through the muck, and they're still going to be either observed or had the attention on them. It's not a 10 seconds of fame type deal. It's just they're in the now, they're in the mainstream, and there's always going to be haters. There's always going to be haters. And that's just going to influence more people to pay attention to what you're talking about. Listen, man, B.I.G. said it best, more money, more problems. The bigger Marvel Studio gets, the more and more contempt that people are going to have with them, and the more and more they're going to complain about it. It, That's just the way it is. That's an excellent take. And at at this point now, they're literally almost too big to fail. Well, you could could look at what has happened in the current phase, and we, we even have on record in these episodes on our mixed feelings with a lot of these recent movies in phase four and to the degree, the audience is in the same favored opinion where it doesn't hit the same way as the first three arcs did for MCU. But I will say this in the adaptation of how the television series is going on the direct streaming app for Disney plus it's pretty much more pampered and more doctored more than the movies are. And to say that we didn't see this coming would be a a complete shocker. And I, I see it when you watch Moon Knight, which is completely separated from, you know, these MCU arcs. It's its own independent story. There is no confirmed evidence if Moon Knight as a whole, is going to be tied into this universe. Either way, I really think the TV series have done a great job. I mean, you could rank them however you want. You could say, oh, this series didn't hit anything because they didn't tell us anything or reveal anything. It doesn't matter. They catered what they wanted to the TV series and made those work a lot more effectively than the movies lately. And we're only three episodes in with She-Hulk as of this recording right now. It's not a bad show. I'm actually laughing my ass off. The other thing I want to point out is that the MCU is definitely pushing the boundary of expanding superhero genre to other genres of what you watch. This is a lawyer show. It's said in the very beginning, it is a lawyer show. It's on the fucking title, if you can't read, apparently. But the, the idea of the origin story 
where Jennifer Walters just is not coming to terms with being a superhero because she'd rather be an, an attorney is a change of pace than what we've seen. We saw Iron Man. Tony wanted to still be Stark Industries, but had this thing in his stomach after his events in the first movie where drove him to become Iron Man. And look at everybody else. Steve Rogers loved his country, and the reason why he was driven to be Captain America after his whole experiment. He basically made serving the people his job. But is there any other character that is rather, I'd rather not be a superhero and rather focus on my job? Is there anybody else like that? Not really. I, I mean, mean, you can't even count T'Challa, rest in peace, because, you know, yes, he's a monarch, but it's not the same thing. Th Thor is supposed to be the rightful ruler of Asgard, but he's also part of four different teams, man. I mean, let's be serious. He's terrible at that job. Yeah, that's, that's why I let that's why I let Valkyrie do it. I mean, no, you, you, you're you're right. There is, you know, outside of maybe if you wanted to include the uh, the Netflix series, maybe Daredevil, who also is just worried about being an attorney. What you can see, like apparently the attorneys are the only people in the MCU who take their job seriously. And that's, that's what, what it seems like to me. That's what's absolutely hilarious. You can separate the two with Matt Murdock and Jennifer Walters. Is that Murdock? definitely you know proves that he's a good attorney and tries to do well with it but he's more driven to be daredevil and that shows in the plot of that story versus what you see right now with jennifer walters who really doesn't want to bring out she hulk out of the bag but when she does it just unravels her world and mm -hmm. flips it upside her head that's why she's being forced to be She-Hulk as an attorney. Yep. But and putting the spin exactly how I said it. Superhero lawyer show. That that's basically it. Representation of superheroes because it's fucking canon now. That the reason why more people are complaining is because they're not paying attention to the storyline. And I promise you there are more people who do not understand things with multiverse theory and quantum theory, and string theory, that they just have no idea how to wrap that around their brain. And it's more science and more nerd shit, and this is where they say, well, this is too nerdy for me. And she's like, sorry, you let us in the door, and now we're here. And now it's in your face, whether you like it or not. I'm sorry, I'm not sorry. Also, if you still think Megan the Stallion is not an entertainer, please turn off this podcast and kindly go fuck yourself. Please and thank you. Damn, go off. Homie, you know damn well. You even showed it to me to turn my opinion from Megan the Stallion, or my opinion directed towards Megan the Stallion to a more positive one. That shit was funny. Megan is one of the biggest nerds on the planet. No cap. Look at the Instagram. Cosplays of a bunch of different anime characters. There's so much shit from comic books and movies that she puts inspired into her work. It's awesome. 
And she knows how to put on a show. And the fact that she's being enabled in her nerd characteristics to show out for this series was absolutely hilarious. The whole storyline in episode three behind Megan the Stallion is fucking hysterical. It's really, really funny. That on the surface where people are just ripping this in half is the cutscene where Jen Walters in Hulk form is twerking with Megan the Stallion. Funny. I don't I'm sorry. That's funny. That's hilarious. It's silly. Like it's silly. At the very least you can say it's silly. Like, come on. How are you? Oh, make the stupid make sense. Please. make. It's not. We're looking past the sex appeal. We really are. We see how much of an impact Megan the Stallion has become where it is reflected in pop culture and used as a joke. And it's, it's great writing. The last line at the very end just sent me. <laughs> she, damn, you're not as fun as my last lawyer. You're way more fun than my last lawyer. And Come on. the next saying that Jen Walter says is a top five catchphrase they say to top clients that they love making money for. I will kill for you. Too funny. That's that's every sports agent, manager, family attorney that has to decide, you know, a will and testament. Same shit, man. Fucking how many times have you watched Jerry Maguire? It's been the same <laughs> comment. I've seen it done how by Jay Moore and Jerry Tom Maguire? Cruise and Jerry Maguire. They both say it. Show me the money. There you go. I love it. There you absolutely go. I, it was absolutely hysterical it's absolutely hysterical we talked about great entertainers um megan the stallion does put on a awesome concert an absolutely awesome concert and if you ever get the opportunity to take hello nurse to a concert prepare to swim in a sea of ass <laughs> tv you're ridiculous as I recall from Okeechobee this past year, I was basically Captain Ahab searching for Moby Dick because there she was, Megan the Stallion, in white leather and rainbow hair, just looking magnificent. And I'm in an inflatable couch watching all of these beautiful women throw ass for days a sea of ass it's nothing you've ever seen before you only see this shit in like movies and cartoon adaptations on adult swim it it, it, it was unheard of and i mean she was the opener before grizz which was the number one well aside from tame impala who i wanted to see there this year but she she puts on a damn good show Especially getting all those asses moving at the same time, man. It's not like you were hypnotized. Uh, yes. So it is September, which means, you know, even before we christen football season being kicked off this weekend, 
for college and then, you know, professional next week, we do need to have a small attention factor to the last month of baseball. Do we? I mean, I'm just fucking with you. I'm just fucking with you. Look, man, this weekend right now, our Tampa Bay Rays is going up against the Bronx Bombers in the Trop. And they gang stomped them last night, nine to nothing. And this is a crucial series. And they have one more series in New York this month. But it's looking like what New York shown out for at the beginning of the season is now coming with a huge bill at the end because their top talent is dropping like flies at the worst time imaginable. Like I, I'd normally expect this at the middle of the season for the Yankees. Like I really do, but it's happening in September and it looks really little to no promise to see if they're going to be able to compete come October. And that's, what's rough. That's what's really rough. Meanwhile, our Tampa Bay Rays is only five games out behind the Yankees to repeat as division champs once more. And I'm not saying they have all the tools to win it all. We all want that to happen. But it's just to see them with the same budget, the same ragtag crew, and the amount of money that the Yankees have put together for a team and it still comes up short, it's hilarious. It's absolutely hilarious. The Yankees are this close to losing their bye week seed for the playoffs. And it's it's fucking hilarious. It is absolutely hilarious. I just, I will never understand, A, why the city of Tampa does not demand to pump more money into that team. Because, like, what the fuck, dude? Every County has entered the chat. Every, I know that. Every fucking year. Every year. Every fucking year. They are at the top of their division for the last five years. And they are at the bottom of payroll every year. Every year. Bottom I'm not saying it makes me happy to see the Yankees fall apart. It doesn't make me unhappy. It, it, it does. <laughs> I don't like getting curb stomped. That no. is, that's not fun. No. But that being said, if you look at the Yankees payroll, it's no question how they could not curb stomp basically any team in the majors. They went on a road trip to Oakland and, you know, had trouble playing Oakland. I mean, they beat them 13 to 4 on the opening game of the series, but they had a close series for 3 to 2. Actually, they split the series. I'm sorry, I'm looking at it right now. They lost two games and one of them was decided by one run. That the Yankees are falling apart at the worst time imaginable. And it's it's going to impact a lot of stuff for playoffs. You look at wild card right now. All right. Rays have the top wild card spot with Seattle basically tied with them. But in a hypothetical world, if the Rays win the division and the Yankees go to the wild card spot, yes, you're going to see a different Yankees team from that position because, yeah, they'll fight like hell. But I, I see a lot of the same 
results of what's going to happen. You got the Rays, the Mariners, the Blue Jays, and surprisingly, the Orioles on the cusp. And if I see any of these teams who are phasing out a little bit, it's looking like the Blue Jays because they're allowing way too many runs. They're, they're allowing more runs than the Orioles right now, and that says a lot. Like I see, I can see the Orioles upsetting the Blue Jays. I mean, to be honest, you see it in every kind of sport, but peaking at the right time is important. You've heard this take a bajillion times, but it's the truth. Mm-hmm. And in baseball, because the season is so unnaturally long for no reason, mm-hmm. certain teams, like the Blue Jays, will tucker out towards the end of the year. Yep. Other teams, like the Orioles for some godforsaken reason, will get blazing hot and get hot at the right time. They're harvesting the talent at the right time from the miners, and they're reflecting to the show quite well. Well, that's something that never gets talked about either. And it's also, if you think about it, a really smart move to hold your guys in the minors to the end of the league, let them play basically a whole season in the minors, and then there's a cutoff, right? There's like a... Uh, a window of time where you have to call guys up before the playoffs start. Is that correct or incorrect? When you get signed in a minor league deal before any like collegiate level, okay, you you are basically given an eight year contract, and the majority of that is pampered to your development in the minor leagues. How your team can manipulate your service time is based on your performance and how many games you play before they could start manipulating that with a player's contract control. And that, again, that's one of the things that we spoke about when the baseball lockout happened and we had a special podcast dedicated to that that nobody listened to. It's, it's really something that Baltimore is coming back to life. And it's even better that they've made that division competitive beyond expectation. This was a division that people thought the Red Sox were going to go head to toe with the Rays about. And you see the Red Sox in dead last. And they're only three games under 500, which isn't too horrible as far as a baseball season goes like if you're a a couple games shy of 500 i don't count that too much towards a losing season no not at all i mean again i i I said it i made a joke about it earlier it's it's the truth though like the season is too long i'm sorry it's too long i get it it's too long i do i do because you know you're more than uh, excited to talk about football very, very shortly. And it's just, you, you have too many games in the season that go against the elements. I think that's the better way of putting it. Test, you know, the athletes, the athletes, you know, health in check. I think that is the, the better way of saying it. it's not the baseball season is too long, right? Because baseball starts in what? Mid April, right? It's supposed to start, at the very beginning of April, 
Okay. The end of March, early April. Still and then Octo- too early. October is when the World Series is, right? October is the entire playoffs. Right. Your World Series is supposed to knock around your tip-off time for NBA, so, which is normally the last week of October. To be honest, it's the only one that really has a, a super shortened season is the NFL, right? And college football, obviously. For obvious reasons. For obvious reasons. Baseball's too long. It's too... I mean, it's Labor Day weekend. I, this should. This is when baseball should be wrapping, and playoffs should start in September. Like, they I really agree. should. And bring the World Series back to the beginning of October. I think... Well, what is the game count set at right now? 162. I think that's ridiculous. 162 games? I, I, I think... I think 120 is more than enough. That's more than reasonable. That's that's a little bit over where we are right now, as far as um, records show. And the other thing that I go along to agree with you, it, the only people who are really fighting tooth and nail for this are really the owners and the players. Because, it again, this all comes back to money. More games more opportunities, it's more dollar bills. And exactly what you said at the very beginning of this, more money, more problems. That, and, that, and that's really what all it is. And when your sport is barely clinging to life, you know, we, we've, we, what you saw in the past week in some news articles are some fans acting out of pocket and having sex in empty stadiums like Oakland and Toronto. And it's just like, what the hell? But it's just like the only reason people are getting away with that is because the quote-unquote family experience you're trying to sell at these baseball stadiums are losing and bad. This is this is why I said the whole point about our generation seizing it. You have EDM making an impact of it. That invasion is going to happen little by little, and you can't stop it. More things that are just going to ingrain more culture in this sport – it's the only thing that's going to enable it. Uh, I, I agree with that, but I still think there's got there's got to be room in there for the kids. There's got to be. You have to have some semblance of making going to a baseball, going to any sporting event enjoyable for children. Like you have to. That's they how try you- to cater it towards them. Hmm? That's their primary demographic that they always try to aim at. Huh? A lot of clubs succeed with that and there's a lot of clubs that can't i don't have the statistics to read this off but i'm just gonna wrap this with the national league wildcard race with braves padres phillies with the braves with a strong command of it and milwaukee's on the cusp but i think milwaukee's gonna come up short they're they're falling apart like the yankees are right now and uh, let's fucking go Mets. <laughs> let's go Rays. Let's go Rays for sure. Definitely from the Tampa perspective. If I'm picking a winner and I'm staying on a winner, I'm choosing the Mets. Like, I, I really think. I get what you're the, saying. Like, if you had to bet money, you'd bet on the Mets. Yeah. I, get I that. think I think the Mets are definitely in the best position, despite the Dodgers already 90 and 41 
and they're prone to uh, have a hundred win season again. Again, um, I'm really more to the point where the Dodgers have beat up on their division enough that they haven't seen enough competition compared to the Mets, whose their division is more competitive. And I think the Mets have had enough obstacles pinned against them where they know how to take care of business. And as long as the Mets don't met in this final month and in the playoffs, yeah. I know I called the White Sox at the beginning of the season. They're 500 right now, three games back in the division, but it doesn't look like they're going to be anywhere near the wild card unless, of course, they surge. But that's a huge if. Listen, I think if you look at it, you, you can make all the jokes you want about, yes, the Mets are going to met and all that kind of stuff. And that mm-hmm. it's all applicable. Mm-hmm. It is. Because the way that they've, even going back to that World Series run in 2015, like, it, they've always come up short. Always. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That being said, the last couple times they've come up short, it's been the last, again, seven years now where they've been in the conversation of can the Mets actually do it? I think if there is a season, now is the time. Now is definitely the time. Like, you have the team legitimately now, without a doubt. You have arguably the best pitcher in baseball right now. Two of them. Max Scherzer is still a legend. I don't care what you say. DeGrom is the best pitcher in baseball. Period. But... You have you have a one two punch right there, and Scherzer is a different animal come playoffs. No doubt about it. Now let's kick this off the right way, the way you wanted to, and the reason why we're all here in the first place. It's college football, baby. I'm not the only one that likes the football around here. All right, you better stop making this out to be me. It's it's not just you, and my negligence towards football is a love-hate relationship of my fandoms that I've had to come to terms that they they were more intoxicating than they were supportive. And mm-hmm. that's that's pretty much how I ended up as a fan. Uh, sadly, I'm still a Notre Dame Irish fan, but, you know, old habits. <laughs> oh, man. I, I just feel the ultimate betrayal of Corso picking... Ohio State. Why? I knew he was gonna pick Ohio State. Yeah, I did. I, I I wasn't it's it in the pit of my stomach where it's just you look at everything and all the dramatics leading up to this, Notre Dame should look to themselves. I'm like, we should try to break this party up. And I would be for that, hundred percent. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of hype around Notre Dame this year. And but there's also a lot of question mark. It's a lot of hype that is not hype because of expectations. It's because of curiosity. Yeah. Like what is going to happen in South Bend this year? Mm-hmm. So, if <laughs> listen, if Ohio State comes out and just brutalizes Notre Dame, that's going to be very bad way to start off Notre Dame's year. We'll see. 16 points is a lot. I didn't think it was this probably was going to be that wide. I but don't think it is, to be honest. I don't I, think they're going to cover that. 
But again, there's so many. I wouldn't I wouldn't bet on them to cover, but it's the the fact of the matter is like it's so there are so many unknowns with Notre Dame. You don't yeah. know what you're gonna get. You oh really yeah, have no idea. There's no question when it comes to Ohio State. No, and that's why their get. fan base is there. Correct. That they they know that you you saw it on TV today. It's just it's ingrained. There's no there's no way that they have more outcomes of failure. They don't. That's no. that's how that program is. That's why they're royalty of Big Ten. Like yeah. it's it's not going away. <laughs> it really isn't. More to say on the matchup of of course being the first big matchup of the weekend before we get to yours it's it's really something that for starters Notre Dame is playing a Big 10 opponent after switching their conference allegiance to ACC despite playing Big 10 for half a century almost it, it, more than that i believe and, you know, even with this huge college football shift on what's going on, you know, conference musical chairs, you know, expanding the CFP, which just broke this week, that that is expanding to a 12-team tournament come 2026. So yeah, it's long. But, you know, it's to reflect the indifferences that have – that are – plan to happen after you know the conference musical chairs it, it's it's definitely going to be interesting and money 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 yes money. That's, that's what's this all about it's it's all about the dollars it's like they're reshuffling them it's not like they're, they're new reorganization it's just other these teams are leaving these co- smaller conferences because they want to get paid like big schools yeah yeah, but that was the other thing with um, Deion Sanders staying at the school that he wants to mm-hmm. instead of you know taking the vacant coaching seat at FSU, his alum. Mm-hmm. And they would have paid him anything, but Probably. he chose a deal that made dollars and cents to him. And then some. Mm-hmm. It's, it's wild to me. It's, it's just absolutely wild. This is also one of the small reasons why I like college more than professional. I mean, it, it now it's going to be equal because players are getting paid. It's It was really, to me, watching an amateur football preview before some of these guys go pro. Because I really think you get their cream of the crop talent when they're trying to flex it, when they're at their college of choice and now it's gonna gonna be completely different i mean to me and beyond and i know you can speak to this also like and any of our florida listeners can also attest to this as well when you grew up in the south football's a thing like it is you can't avoid it it's a thing it's something that everybody has in common friday night lights are a thing there is something about you know, college, college, and you know, academic football that makes you know rooting for your school. It just hits a little bit differently than when you're rooting for a professional team. It just does. Absolutely. And 
you know, if you grew up in that environment, you know exactly what I mean. And if you didn't, you know, I'm sure you can understand based on just fandom alone. When we looked back at it, we talked about our meeting in college, which is Florida Atlantic University, who are not a good football team. But they've had legendary coaches lead that program, which made it fun. You and I went there in the time where Alfred Morris was the running back. And I, I, I was more than happy for him when he became the starter for the Washington former Redskins. And it, it was just, it was awesome to see that. And, you know, we've seen Lane Kiffin go there. We were there when Coach Schnellenberger was still a coach when he started that program for the football yeah, team. I think our freshman year was his last season coaching. No, we had him for at least two more seasons because they opened that stadium on campus our sophomore year, which was very cool to see mm-hmm. from the ground up, uh, peeps, if you're hearing this. Still the only stadium that if you stand at the tippy top, you could see the Atlantic Ocean uh, for a college team, which is also very very cool and when did he pass i know he just passed i want to say two years ago three years ago it's got to be a little longer than that um and i also can't remember if they were going to name the stadium after him i I doubt it what i think they did did they fau stadium is howard schnellenberger field there you go. Hell yeah. That's so Hell cool, yeah. man. That's very cool. I agree. I miss that school. Good times, bro. Good times. Good times. I mean, I've went to institutions where my football team has sucked, but I still love the school. I don't care. I hope I live in a time where USF becomes supreme again. And they you know, definitely take advantage of how the NCAA is doing this. Because I... I would love to go back to games. I love college football at Raymond James Stadium. And the USF Bulls are going to get their own stadium, which means that's going to be right around the corner from 99th Avenue Studios, baby. We will definitely do college football Saturdays at that potential stadium, and we'll definitely reignite the rivalry for War of I-4. I don't care if those knights are (laughs) trying to get in the SEC. War of I-4, I love it. That's what it's called. Uh, Thanksgiving Day. Every year, USF and UCF square off against each other. It's called the War of I-4 Bowl. So funny. So funny. Tell me, tell me how you think your Florida State Knolls are going to do against LSU in the Big Easy, baby. What was, what was the spread? It was something ridiculous. I think I saw 60-some-odd for points total. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm seeing, I have, I have no stats on this. Uh, what does ESPN say? ESPN is saying, yeah, three Three points. points. That's it. Yeah, it it wasn't anything crazy. I like it. Listen, this is supposed to be a new era of Florida State football, and we're supposed to be, take this new recruiting class and start over. And really try 
and get back to our former glory. Transitioning from you know the topic on we focused on Notre Dame, their former head coach is now LSU's head coach, Brian Kelly, who had a more than embarrassing introduction when he was announced for that program. I really, I, I find it hard to understand how that coach is going to take that program and make them dominant because when you had Notre Dame money, and I mean Notre Dame money is some pretty big FU money, and you still couldn't make the horse drink water the amount of times you were at the title game, yeah, that sucks, and you never won at Notre Dame. If he wins at LSU, I will be happy for him. And he's got more than enough materials and resources and the boosters to get whatever he wants at LSU. I hope he wins at LSU because he's definitely going to make some big things. But with your Florida State Knowles, who had a great warm-up game last week against the blind school, I really think they have a better advantage of upsetting compared to what Notre Dame had. Don't be sitting there telling me blind school thinking you're funny or something. What do you, what do you want from me? I, c- I can't even pronounce the school's name. On it's, it doesn't matter. It's not important. It's not important. What's, what's going to happen is, is Florida State's going to walk into Louisiana, go to Death Valley, beat the Tigers. It's come not out. Death Valley. It's actually the, uh, NOLA. They're playing in the Superdome. Are oh, they playing in the Superdome? They're playing in the Superdome, baby. Okay. Well, first of all, shut up Drew Brees, number one. Sub <laughs> two breeze. Number one. Number two. It doesn't matter. I'm betting on Florida State. Plus three. Plus three. On the Knolls. Yeah, I would I would maybe take the over on that. Cause someone's defense is gonna cave in the second half. I I, I can take those odds. Definitely for sure. To be honest, I, I see it more like it's just there's going to be no defense played <laughs> and it's just going to be a shootout. Yeah, I don't think so either. Over-under is 50. Yeah, I've definitely been the over on that one. Both those, both those teams can score way more than three touchdowns each. How are the Knolls not ranked? That's fucking crazy. I mean, yeah, I mean, we they really played a blind school last, last week, but... Bro, stop saying the blind school thing. <laughs> Oh my god, LSU isn't ranked either. Well, that's how much they're uh, already counting out Brian Kelly. I really think whoever wins this game does make their argument for being ranked. And if LSU or if FSU starts the season two and zero, that makes a great case. Like it makes an absolute case. Uh, but these fight-ons too. Yeah, for sure, dude. For sure. I, we, we both want upsets. We want both upsets from our teams. We definitely want that to happen. I mean, if it was Ohio State minus seven, that would make sense. Sure. But like but minus they're, 16? They're, they're counting on Notre Dame's offense to make more mistakes where Ohio's dominant defense is definitely going to force turnovers and possibly execute scores on those. I, I, can, I would I can bet that. that it's not going to be minus 16 by the time the game starts. A lot of people believe that. 
Truly. They, they believe, like, Ohio's going to come out at the gates swinging hard because it's, it's their game and their opening day. So we shall see. We definitely shall see. So I, I wanted to point out this to you uh, because it reflects everything in meme wars and what we're talking about in college football for College Football Saturday. Touching on today's episode, mind you, I really thought Ohio State was rather tame with their signage in the crowd this weekend. <laughs> I love how you were so fixated on this. I Look, man, if you have out-of-pocket <laughs> church people at College Football Sunday with bigger signs than your signs, and you're pretty much football royalty in college, that's a problem, son. I mean, it, it was early. I don't know. Maybe, maybe the students weren't up yet. Uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they were still at the frat houses, you know, doing the pre-pre-game. The but. complaint you and I were making this morning because I was still in a daze that Columbus had very shitty weather this morning. And that it, we found it rather odd that they weren't at the podium at the very beginning, but when the weather cleared up, it was still rainy. They pretty much brought them out to their stereotypical, you know, podiums with the whole crowd behind them. So I, I don't think you had as full as a crowd as they intended to, which is, that's the only unfortunate side. No, definitely. I, I don't know. I, I'm just, I'm just happy that college game day was back. It was great to see Lee Corso still doing his thing. Yeah. He puts oh, hell on, yeah. you know, he puts on, what, what is the Ohio state thing? The guy, he, he, he either dresses full leprechaun or just puts on the leprechaun hat. No, but what, what's the uh, Brutus, right? Oh, oh yeah, I he put on thing. he put on Brutus uh, the Brutus mascot. I do, I do love funny. all. I did did love all of Jack Har- Harlow's reasonings for picking his teams. Out. That was hilarious. It's absolutely, he was so high. He was absolutely high. You know, I used to talk to a girl from Cincinnati, so I'm going with Cincinnati. <laughs> <laughs> Undefeated. <laughs> Fucking Kirk Herbstreet. You know, these are the exact reasons why some people make their claims on the show and then go undefeated. It's like, shut yep. up, dude. I love Kirk. You gotta love him. I oh. I hate him because he's a dick riding Ohio State fan. Yeah, but he went there. Yeah. Duh. <laughs> Which is why I found it absolutely hilarious. They didn't even let him like pick because if he and why would they? <laughs> because when they did the final picks for, you know, the week, or yeah, for the big matchup, they had um, they didn't they just did this whole sentimental bit between Corso and Kirk Herbstreet, <laughs> and you were laughing hard. I was laughing hard. That was just absolutely hysterical. It literally, like Kirk Herbstreet's talking to Lee Corso like his grandpapa. It's just so funny. I you know I don't know. It's just it's just good to be. Do you put college game days signage by the students and slash or fans? Because they're both the same thing, if we are completely honest. Is it at the same level as what you would see at like a wrestling show? If you like, are they? No, no, you can't beat the signs at a wrestling show. You can't beat it. Yeah. But college, college game day is close. College game day is probably the closest thing to it. Yeah, you see, you see a lot of crazy things. You, you see memes uh, in the rivalry 
to reflect, you know, the culture on whoever they're playing. I mean, again, me just soft jabs at Ohio State because I have no idea how the results are going to go. And if Notre Dame wins, then I'm going to be happy as shit. It was rather tame seeing them try to use different memeage to belittle Notre Dame. And it's just like, well, this is weak. Like, come on. <laughs> I've, I've seen some better memes. And yeah, you. I think you were absolutely right that the fraternities and the sororities weren't even there because they normally bring out a lot of the woodwork for for a lot of those occasions. That's what I'm saying, bro. We were watching it, it was, what, 11 o'clock? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Which means it's... Eastern. Which, Eastern, right, which means it's probably 10 a.m. in Columbus. No, you know they're Eastern, dude. They're Columbus Eastern. is Eastern? Yeah. Ohio's oh. Eastern. The separation is uh, the state line of Indiana. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I think there's even certain places in Indiana that are Eastern as well, now that I think about it. That's crazy. Yeah, it's 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 absolutely wild. <clears throat> Time is a construct of man that is just absolutely mind-baffling. <laughs> more and more each day it's really the signage for uh saturday morning game day is just absolutely hysterical and yeah it should qualify for being meme level for meme morphs especially from the sports dynamic because you see a lot of funny shit in that crowd Oh my! One of my favorite OG TFM Barstool segments is the signs and banners hanging outside of Greek houses during <laughs> College Game Day because a lot of them are atrocious and are not safe for work. Extremely vulgar. Extremely so <laughs> vulgar. <laughs> so funny. Like uh, from the SEC standpoint, because you know two things that run strong in the South are obviously their Greek organizations and their college football. And those go hand in hand, baby. You see those with that rivalry. It, it just makes you look forward to what's going to happen come November for a lot of these schools. I, I, I can't believe I'm saying that I won't be watching any of them because I'm going to be watching the world cup, but you know, different strokes, different folks, man. That's it. Listen, man, it's a beautiful. This is getting into my favorite time of year. If like, I don't love the fall season for the weather, and I'm not into pumpkin spice or any bullshit like that. But to me, this time of year, like especially when you do get to October and you've got baseball, football, hockey, and baseball yeah. all on at the same time, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Not every, not all of our listeners are sports nuts, and we understand that. But we know there's some sports nerds out there that are hearing us and understand where we're coming from. And don't worry, y'all. We will be back to our regularly scheduled program after football season. No, I'm just <laughs> Just kidding. That, Although I am excited to start the fantasy season. Yeah, because, you know, speaking of, we, we definitely got to get other people in the pod league who haven't, you know, shown up before to definitely flex it, especially if they're uh, contributing to the collaboration project. So it's definitely going to be fun. If you're in the pod league, you want to be on the show, let us know. Definitely, definitely, for sure. Take us home, TB. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this very special episode of the Espero TV podcast. My name is TV. My cohort, the 
El Jefe of this year operation is Estebro. Follow us on Twitter at ETVPod, Instagram EstebroTVPod. Join the Facebook group EstebroTVPodcast, Tumblr is EstebroTVPodcast.tumblr.com. If you have any sport take that you would like us to talk about, hit us up. We'll enable it. Do the thing. Do the thing. Whether it's controversial or not, we definitely would love to peel back that onion. There's a lot of things in sports that could be explained to people who are not highly inclined to sports. That's another reason why we do this, is to talk about the things and why we love about sports. Not fully focused towards sports, but you get the idea. It's not a sports podcast. I promise. (laughs) It's it's not a sports podcast. Sometimes. Sometimes. But not really. (laughs) Uh, Thank you, everybody, for listening to this week's show. Have a great holiday weekend. If you're listening to it after the fact, I hope you had a good one. And um, go Irish. Fear the spear.